0: Welcome to Norm, a Cheers podcast. You're co-hosting a weekly discussion of the television show Cheers, which aired on NBC from 1982 to 1993. We are your hosts, Marlene Simi and Andy Blaker. How's it going tonight, Andy? Hey, it's
1: going all right. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty well. We're rounding the corner here on the end of season five. We are at episode 22 of season five. This one is the Godfather part three, which as you and I have discussed, was... Created and written before there is an actual Godfather part three a few years later. Yes, yes. So fun play on that title after only two Godfathers have been made. It's written by Chris Cluis and Stuart Kreisman, directed by James Burroughs, and it aired on March 19th, 1987. And in this episode, Coach's niece, Joyce, is moving to Boston to go to college. And as her essentially her presumed godfather, Sam feels responsible for her welfare. Diane's persistent suggestion, he asked Woody to show jo- Joyce around Boston, but when Woody and Joyce subsequently announced their engagement after much time together, Sam and Diane essentially lose control of their plan and of their confidence in what they have planned for Joyce. In the meantime, Fraser eagerly awaits an anniversary present from Lilith that ends up not being what he expected or hoped. We start with a teaser of Diane having tickets to go to the Royal Shakespeare Company and she really wants Sam to go with her. Sam says he doesn't like that stuff, and he describes it as all those guys jumping around stabbing each other in their leotards, (laughs) (laughs) which is kind of, I mean, it's a not bad description. It It sums it up pretty well. Yeah. And so Diane pouts. and. Carla comes out. She's upset that Diane is leaving early once again, which is sort of, you know, Carla's often upset that Diane is leaving early, but it's fair enough because it happens pretty frequently that Carla has to Mm -hmm. stay in work. So Sam suggests, to get out of going, Sam suggests that Carla go to the play with Diane. And so Diane is enthusiastic about this, and she says that she and Carla rarely do things together. And she announces to Carla that it's going to broaden her horizons. So... (laughs) Diane, being Diane, yeah. he exposed the common man to the finer things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you think As that always. when she was... Yeah, no,
1: that's she's reveling in the opportunity.
0: Carla confirms that Sam will give her the afternoon off if she goes to the play with bleach bag, <laughs> she calls Anne. And Sam says, only if you go to the play with bleach bag. which I thought was sort of funny Sam plays into that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so then Diane says she's waited months for this production and Carla tells her to bring pork rinds and she'll bring the beer and they'll make spit wads out of the programs it's hard to tell if Carla's serious or not but Diane apparently thinks that she is so Al who's been used more I've noticed lately in these episodes Mm -hmm. is kind of making his way by Diane gets her ticket to Al and she kind of gives him a little shove too (laughs) and tells him to (laughs) enjoy I think it was that little shove out the door and doesn't he say something to Carla like, wait up, honey, or something yeah. to that effect? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So.
1: They have been using him more and more, mm-hmm. haven't they?
0: Yeah. It seems like they have in the past, like really this latter part of season five, you know, it seems like they've been using him quite a bit more. Hey, I, I
1: mean, I, I, like. I think he's, he's, he's an audience an favorite, favorite, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So they're just yeah. responding to what, to what the audience, audience wants. wants. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was kind of fun, though. The only question I had about this was, why does Carla get to leave early only if she goes to play with Diane? Which I guess is just because Sam doesn't want to go. So he's like, anything to get out of this. Because <laughs>
1: it'll, it'll shut her up. Right. <laughs> you know, he doesn't want to hear it. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's pretty much it. He's but not, fair he, point.
0: Yeah. He won't hear complaining from Diane about him, not, or pouting from Diane about him not going, and he won't hear Carla complain about Diane leaving early, so. Exactly. Best of both worlds right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we start this episode and we start with the Fraser story, which I think is kind of interesting. Fraser comes in, in a great mood and he's talking about how his anniversary with Lilith is coming up the next week. It's the anniversary of their first meeting, which from what we've seen in the past was not that propitious. It was like that <laughs> season four, like really botched date. But uh-huh. I assume that's what, when they first met. But he seems to be celebrating it. He bought her a Louis Couture's armoire and he says that when expressing affection for your mate old wood says it passed (laughs) this
1: whole exchange is a lot of fun
0: the part i put down is like woody asking like what do i say and fraser says he's talking about the armoire and woody (laughs) says something about like he doesn't say that he doesn't even know what an armoire
1: is (laughs) (laughs) and he says something like uh, a it's a it's a big chest
0: to oh, big chest yeah, well yeah. what woman
1: wouldn't want, want that, that. Yes. <laughs> and he just kind of he kind of has that smug smile like hey, yeah i came up with something clever you know yeah. it was well,
0: really cool. and he laughs too like it's just the funniest thing and then he kind of looks away
1: yeah fraser yeah, yeah.
0: stares at. It. but that's right i forgot he said the thing about the big show that's great mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i really like when fraser and woody interact because it's just so combustive and funny you know yeah so at this point, Cliff asks Frazier what Lilith's getting him, and Frazier is just so sure she's going to get him a, solid, a set of golf clubs. He's left clues everywhere, and then Lilith would have to be an idiot doesn't <laughs> know what he wants. And then Woody's, I think this is funny, just because of his posturing, he's trying to open a jar that he's holding in the arm that's like, mm-hmm. has, he's injured his hand, it's still in the cast. He's trying to open a jar, and he's like, what's that, Dr. Crane? After he made the idiot comment. And then Cliff is saying to Frazier that he'll take him to his private club once he gets to golf clubs. And Norm makes a comment about he had a great time there, three holes in one, and he birdied the windmill. <laughs> so it's like, I guess it's a putt-putt club. I, guess I suppose that was the point. I'm not positive about that, but that's what that it sounds w- like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at this point, we have a young woman that's kind of dressed in – it's sort of that college school girl in the 80s fashion, I thought, um, comes in and speaks to Sam – And Sam seems delighted to see her and says it's Coach's niece, Joyce Pantuso. I liked the idea of including somebody in Coach's family at this point and sort of bringing him back into being a part of it, you know, and that Sam feels responsible for her as we'll see coming up. Um, Mm I thought that was a nice way to do that, you know, and to introduce her.
1: I did too. I actually, though, but I, I actually had to think back. Have we seen her before? I asked myself because I wasn't, I didn't think we had, but part of me wondered if maybe we had in some, you know, season one, season two episode. But, yeah, I did like that they kind of out of nowhere brought, you know, Coach's memory back and everything. Always welcome.
0: Right. We had Coach's daughter in early season one. Yeah. So Diane enthuses over Joyce. He's hugging her and saying they're thrilled to have her there. And Joyce just asks, like, who are you? (laughs) Yeah. And Sam had not mentioned Diane to her. Diane involving herself, as she does. Mm-hmm. And Joyce uh, tells Sam she's starting college at Boston University in the spring, and he's just impressed that a pantuso is attending college. And then he says something about like, a Pintuso spelling college and asks after the family. There's a weird—I'm curious what you think of this. It's a weird part, in my opinion, here. When Joyce talks about the twins are starting high school— Mm-hmm. And Carla has brought the soda that Diane ordered around to Joyce. And Carla asks, who are the twins? And Sam's like, no, 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 And kind of shoes her to be quiet. And Carla sort of smiles and nods and walks off. So I don't know. I think that's, what did you make of that? I made of that she's asking, who are the twins? And Sam doesn't
1: honestly know who the twins are. He doesn't know that side of the family very okay. well. And he's just feigning that he is understanding who they are. That's how okay. I read it.
0: Oh, I like that. I like that. (laughs) Because I wasn't sure whenever someone asks about like twins or, you know, something that could be perceived as being remotely sexual. And I I mean, that's why I was like, I can't be in this instance. Mm -hmm. And Sam was like, oh, no, 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 you know, that's and I was like, that's super inappropriate. And I just there's no way that Sam would be involved. Like even Sam, you know, would be involved in that. But that's why I was thinking like and maybe I'm just I don't know, like over attributing. No, I can his see. Behavior, I, I, but that's why it made no sense that they included that. I was like, it's not even a funny joke in that sense. And Carla nodding and understanding. Okay. But if you take it as like he's really not that familiar with it, I could buy that. That's how I took
1: it. I didn't even think about what you were saying. Although, I hearing you recap it, it <laughs> does. No, I can see. I can see where you might think that given his yeah. character and past storylines. Um, it was an odd delivery, no matter what way. But I, I yeah, I, I think what it was was you know he doesn't know this side very well because mm-hmm. I mean he asks after the mother, the father, and you know comes ahead, says like his father, her father threw his back out while vacuuming. <laughs> Sam has like this idea right. of this guy, and it's not the reality. And so I okay. took it to mean he doesn't even know who her other siblings are. That's how oh, I
0: interesting. Do. Okay, yeah, that's true. He's like coaches. What was it, baby brother, and how wild he was, and he threw. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I took that as being like an aging thing it's like okay this guy that used to be so wild now threw his back out vacuuming but I think your interpretation is good as well it makes more sense that all of it makes more sense that way so Joyce gives Sam a letter from her, da- from her dad at this point the phone rings and Woody announces it's the beer distributor and Sam says he'll call back
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I like this part.
0: yeah Norm like where are your priorities? Come on, Sam.
1: Come on. And then when when and yeah, he says that, and then Sam gets up to go, and and you kind he passes Norm, and Norm's kind of like you know giving him this face, his his facial expression like come on, what, what the hell are you do? Come on, <laughs> Bro, get your crap I together, I to, you know? Yeah. yeah, like why do I have to do? He everything? continues it on. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that. Yeah,
0: yeah. 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 Frazier, they all kind of are paying attention to Joyce, and I, I think Frazier is it is is the one that asks where Reedsport is, and she sits in Oregon, west of Eugene. So then Cliff steps over to talk to Joyce about jet lag. You know, he just finds an an opening to discuss these things, and Joyce asks Cliff if he's a doctor, and Carla is passing by in her customary fashion and says, "Like, no, he's a floon," (laughs) which I had to look up because I had not heard that term before. Which is, I didn't know what it meant. Combination of two words. Yeah. An F and loon, <laughs> which is I don't you know. No, I didn't like I said I didn't learn something. Well, no, and good. it makes
1: so much sense when you actually think about. Oh yeah, that would be what it is. But yeah, I don't know. To my to my mind, when I heard that, I figured it was just. I mean, it sounds like what it means, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the true. Word floon. It's a silly sounding word. It would imply some sort of silly, right. moronic person. Maybe you don't have to really, you know. But but I didn't know. And so then when you think, oh, it's a combination of those words, it makes perfect sense.
0: Yeah. Well, they've used dink before and I didn't I hadn't heard that before Sears so either. So mm-hmm. good terms. So Joyce looks puzzled and she asks Cliff, like, Who is that? <laughs> Cliff answers, Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, I did like that bit. I, I like too. where
1: you know Carla's just popping in and out de- delivering her little smart ass remarks or whatever, and then kinda Cliff kinda gets a little bit of revenge on her by yeah you know, portraying her as some sort of unstable patron or whatever.
0: Yeah. yeah. And Joyce looks puzzled again, which is a frequent expression that Joyce has, I think. Yes, yes, Puzzled by everything. Uh, so Diane asks Sam about the letter from Joyce's father, and he has her read it, basically, which she does. And the letter asks Sam to keep an eye on Joyce and says that Coach always trusted him, which is just, a, you know, it's a nice warm reminder. But then it ends with, if anything ever happened to her, I go into the shed and blow my brains out. Phyllis says hi. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Woody says something like, "What a nice letter."
0: Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. which it is. Aside from that, the blowing the, the brains out part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so Diane thinks the pressure is on her. She essentially like wants to be her big sister, basically. And Sam says it's his responsibility, which I think is an interesting. That's one of the things I do think is interesting about this episode. Is this, like he seems eager to take on this responsibility for Joyce, and I think it's because of Coach. But it's just mm-hmm. it's an interesting side to him. I think. And Sam's saying kids are different these days and they need room to make their own mistakes. And he sees a man talking to Joyce and, like, runs over and says, what is it, like, basically chases him off and Mm -hmm. says the thing about, like, because the guy's, like, just making conversations, like, hey, this is a bar. (laughs) You don't do that in here. (laughs) Exactly. So that was, it was a fun, I guess, a fun turnaround seeing Sam be that way when he's sort of known to be the one that would normally be pursuing the woman.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, it kind of ties in with the episode title, The Godfather. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, one thing I I did say, and we can revisit this more at the end of the episode, but one of the themes that they seem to be getting at with this episode is, okay, how would Sam and Diane be as parents to, say, teenagers, right? Yeah. And they, they pick that up. They hammer that pretty heavily at the episode's end, but they don't really introduce that theme earlier in the episode. Do they? I mean, I didn't really think on it. And that was one thing that it seemed a little bit of abrupt. Like if they had had a few lines earlier about how, oh, you know, Joyce is here. Sam maybe says something like, I can't help but feel a little paternal toward her. I don't know if they had said something that introduced that idea earlier. It would have flowed a little better to me.
0: Yeah. I mean, they do have a part where Sam and Diane are discussing the potential names for their children so they're sort of working it in i think in that's a true. subtle, they comical have that part. way but yeah i do think that that's the theme or something they're trying to get up yeah so joyce is telling sam her dorms having plumbing problems she has no place to stay so sam says she can stay with him and it's interesting again like interesting he's not reluctant like okay i guess i should he's all like all enthusiastic he's got to pick up a bottle of juice and a loaf of bread and <laughs> Diane adds a door for the bathroom, so it's like he's not even thinking of this like being an impediment to the life that he enjoys leading. You know, it's just like, oh yeah, this is gonna be great. Mm -hmm. Almost like she is sort of his. He's enthusiastic that it's his responsibility. Like she's his daughter, right? Yeah. So it's. I said it. I think it's an interesting contrast, sort of of like Sam, the lone bachelor, which he's not, because he's engaged to Diane, but he still sort of is. Like that's kind of just really at heart who he is. But Mm -hmm. Sam the Lone Bachelor and Sam the Caretaker. And I think that's something that we have seen a little bit of him in the past and that you just kind of see consistently that those are sort of the two sides to his personality that are sometimes at odds. But I think we see both of those. And so Diane's going to have Joyce stay with her. And Carla steps in. There's a whole, like, exchange about basically, like, hair barbs. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. Yeah. Carla wants – so what was it, like, cut her hair? And Diane's like, we can get hold of a – a laser. Laser, will cut hers. Cut yeah.
1: Hers. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Carla's just so infuriated at that remark. I love mm-hmm. it. She can dish it out, but she can't she take can't it. She can't take basically. it. She's got she's <laughs> a
0: furious expression on her face. <laughs> Diane wants Joyce to see some of the sights. <laughs> Sam can't leave. <laughs> Cliff bless him. He's like he volunteers basically He's like, She can come with me on my route, volunteers to take Joyce on his mail route. I think that's a good a good use of like Cliff the mailman, you know, mm-hmm. always falling back on that. And Sam's just not up for that. Diane suggests Woody, talking about somebody non threatening, and Sam's adding, like, you know, trustworthy and innocent and so forth. And Woody starts to ask Sam, he comes up and says, Do you remember that little bird whose wing I mended?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like that.
0: Oh my gosh. And then, what did you think of Sam introducing Woody to Joyce? Do you remember that part? uh yeah like, like joyce uh, woody woody and what, what he's, a coincidence. Beaming. he's like yeah he's like, my <laughs> name's my first
1: woody yeah i like that he's just kind of yeah he's been this episode cap i don't know what the word would be i don't want to say dumb but oblivious mm. you know his normal yeah. it, they're just really hitting at home this episode
0: that's true <laughs> they're kind of like they're having him like do those i don't want to say dumb but you're right oblivious points yeah and so woody's gonna take the day off he's gonna show joyce around town and Joyce asked if they can see old Ironsides first, which is the USS <laughs> Constitution. <laughs> uh-huh. so Lion Giants and Woody says, like, I don't know if Raymond Burr lives in Boston. <laughs> so, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I did too. And there's at least one other just a spoiler alert for you. I'm sorry, it's at least one other old Ironsides joke and at least one other Raymond Burr joke in the rest of Cheers. So, I think it just oh. all ties back nicely. Yeah, there you go. And then Sam and Diane exchange a look, and then they seem to decide that it'll be fine. That's kind of—I guess—that goes with your idea of like, what would they be like as parents? Like, okay, what are we doing with this kid that's going out? I know like, it'll be okay. Yeah, you're
1: right. I mean, I, it's—it's it's not that it's not there, but it is something you—it's not made super explicit, in my opinion. Which you're right. maybe it doesn't need to be, as I—I I talk myself <laughs> through that, because you're right, it is there, and and there's certainly things that you can glean from interpreting certain you know looks and scenes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but I do think, I, I don't know that I would have thought about it necessarily if you hadn't mentioned it, Like the, looking at what they would be like as parents, although it makes a lot of sense now that you mention it. So Frazier, a little bit later, Frazier finishes a beer and leaves, and he's takes kind of a golf swing and yells four and so <laughs> forth. He doesn't have the clubs yet. He's still anticipating them. So this is, I, it's just a little moment, but it sort of builds when we see the next part how excited he is and how he's so certain that Lilith is going to obviously know that he wants golf clubs for this anniversary right. present. Yeah. And meanwhile Sam is talking about Woody taking Joyce out every day that week and he's he's just like warmly enthusiastic about it. He's like they're going out for ice cream and then going roller skating and basically thinks it's kind of cute and innocent. And Cliff asks if it reminds him of his youth and Sam's like not one damn bit. That's why I feel good about it. <laughs> So Diane is kind of worried. Joyce is seeing a lot of Woody and says so she got in at 2.30 the night before. <laughs> Sam says they're talking about Woody and he describes him as a walking Disney character without the fur, <laughs> which I thought was funny. I thought like, in this episode, it is a pretty apt description, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. And I think it's fun, too, that Disney comes up in the next episode as well. I like it when mm-hmm. you see this thing. They don't necessarily, they're not necessarily meaningful coincidences, but I like it when you see those co-occurrences. <laughs> So then Diane and Sam argue over talking to Woody and Joyce. So that's kind of like a bickering parent thing, I guess. Like, should we talk to her? You no, know, it's fine. You know, um, Sam is so certain that it's fine. So they come back in, and I really like this part when Joyce tells Sam that Woody is the sweetest person she's ever met. When he asks if he's treating you well, she says it's the sweetest person she's ever met, and Sam says, "Me too." Like, cool. I love that. Yeah, that's a nice moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says it's the best time of ever had in his life, and she's, her, Joyce says it's the best, she's having the best time she's ever had in her life, and she has Sam to thank for it. And he says, you know, if she's happy, they're happy. And then Woody says something about, like, you're going to be, what is it, like, you're going to be thrilled about this? Or he says something about, like, if you yeah. like that, you're going to love yeah. this. Uh-huh. And announces that he and Joyce are engaged. And Sam's pouring a beer at the time, He keeps pouring the beer, and keeps pouring the beer, mm-hmm. and <laughs> doesn't realize it. And you'll uh, notice
1: here what I think is worth mentioning yeah. is um, you have, so you have Sam's reaction, you have Diane's horrified face, you have Cliff, who's got shocked and bem- bemused, and then you have Norm, who's just sitting there, like, did he even hear it, half listening uh-huh. to it, just, just his usual, you know, take like, it as it okay, comes, like, yeah. oh. Well, there you go, you know, <laughs> that right. so that and, happened. Yeah. and then when the, you know, they return to that scene, he's his expression still there. He doesn't really have any reaction to it. I okay. just liked it because you kind of see them all in the same frame.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And Sam is still pouring the beer. doesn't realize it. And then he hands the beer to Norm. And then like, it's just kind of as a side comment. It's not even that loud. He's like, will this be enough for you? <laughs> like he hands yeah, yeah, him yeah. the beer. But Diane still wants to intervene. Sam talks to Woody and Joyce, takes him over to the the table, and he asks, like, why are you doing this to me? (laughs) Woody says he thought this would make him happy, (laughs) and Sam says he is happy in a sad and disappointed way. I like, I thought Sam was funny during this part, like, in a different way. I thought that it was, I don't know, I, I liked his performance.
1: I I liked I liked Sam's performance throughout this episode kind of as that paternal kind of character and mm-hmm. then we'll get to it but I also liked Diane's performance. I thought that okay. they really you really see how those characters are in their their desperation and you know trying yeah. to you know counsel these these two people. So yeah, I, I liked mm-hmm. how they did that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and Sam's telling him he was young, he had a whirlwind romance and got married and it ended in disaster and he rarely mentions that he's been married. So I feel like that was sort mm-hmm. of you know, something he was significantly doing for them. And then he says that he and Diane waited five years to get married. And if we're up to him, they'd wait another five. <laughs> Which says something. Her look is pretty good, too. So he says that they have to wait till they get past their early infatuation and they're good and sick and tired of each other. And basically, that's, you know, his index, that's when you get so. married. Yep. right. That's when you know you're ready to get married. <laughs> And then he tries, this whole business, he tries to forbid Joyce to marry Woody. So this business is like forbidding someone to do something. And she's just kind of like, aha, you can't do that? You're not my father. You know, yeah. Um, just not, not taking it seriously. She kind of knows he's carrying on at this point, I think. And Woody forbids, or sorry, Sam forbids Woody to marry Joyce. And Woody's like, Sam, you're only my boss. <laughs> so Sam gets, he's, this is when I think... Ted Danson has like a really good like sort of like shift of energy, you know. It's because he's kind of like up and animated and so forth. And he's going to forbid somebody something, and he forbids Norm to leave the bar stool. So Norm has to go to the bathroom, but he obeys when Sam says if he goes, he'll cut him off. And he's like, "Whatever you say, Pop. (laughs) (laughs) He'll do it. Whatever. Only Norm. Mm -hmm. Only Norm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's it's not too much to ask, really. No, no, for the time being, he'll go. He'll endure it. Mm -hmm. it. Yeah." So Sam offers, he gets his checkbook and he's offering Joyce and Woody money. So he's getting more and more desperate. He ushers them into his office and he's saying something about how he's tried to talk to him on an emotional level, logical level, and an economic level. And now he's going to have to raise his discussion to a higher plane. So yes. he's talking in a very elaborate way, which I think is also sort of paternal and interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then he shuts the door and he begs them. He's down on his knees and begs them and how it's going to hurt him and hurt their parents and... And they relent. He's just so pleased with himself. <laughs> so I have to say, I think that had we gone from that straight into this the next part with Sam and Diane, and I like just continued on that storyline, it would've been a little bit much. But we have a one intervening scene with Frazier and then like another Sam and Diane Diane argument. And I think it's the scene with Frazier that sort of breaks it up in a really great way. Yeah. And perhaps might be my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> Fraser comes in, he's annoyed. <laughs> And he shows Norm, Cliff, and Carla his, you know, so-called extra special gift from Lilith, which is a tie. And one of them says, "It's a tie." He's like, "Yes, and I hate it. It's ugly." And he picks up a knife and repeatedly stabs it. And he's like, "It's just a tie, an ordinary gray tie. I a in golf clubs. It's not special. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a child, right? like
1: exactly, a an upset child on Christmas morning. You know, I yeah, hate it. I hate it. I hate it.
0: <laughs> right? Did not get the Red Rider gun <laughs> So he throws the tie on the floor and he stomps on it and then walks to the back. And Norman Cliff looked down at the tie on the floor. And Norm said, I'm "Glad you didn't get him a puppy." Yeah. <laughs> Which, in the telling of this and describing it, is funny, but it's not nearly as funny as having that just that very like laid back line from Norm. Follow Fraser's behavior. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Even Carla behind the bar kind of has this like expression of like, "Oh man," you know, like. Yeah. Like she, she agrees with Norm and you know there's no sarcasm from her she's just like oh this guy's not happy I don't know I something about that her expression too they were just all in it and yeah in his reaction I enjoyed it
0: yeah I really liked that part I thought that was a great mm-hmm. way to resolve that little tiny storyline so this is the part that Sam and Diane are talking about children's names which goes with our main storyline but they're mm-hmm. saying Sam is saying it's too early to start thinking of names for the children. Especially if Diane is thinking of the name Emil. He says a- Emil is something you I mean. eat. <laughs> right, <A> Emil. <meal. laughs> <laughs> but, of course, Diane would choose a name like Emil. Mm-hmm.
1: And, of um. course, we'll start talking about a child's name before we're even married, pregnant, yep. before we're even pregnant.
0: Right, <laughs> right. Everything has to be planned, done ahead of time, all of this.
1: This scene kind of reminds me back to the, um, the scene from a past episode where they're talking about... Uh, you know china patterns and what kind of plate they want and she wants him to pick out this and all these just ridiculous requests that she has and Mm -hmm. here's another one
0: right and every episode they have some little thing that's like leading toward the marriage even if it's a side plot so here Mm -hmm. it's the children's name but it's all these little things that she wants to do it's kind of going nowhere in a way yeah you Mm -hmm. know Sam suggests Socrates because he's just so proud of his wisdom that Joyce and Woody took his advice and so, which was only really begging it wasn't even right w- wisdom but <laughs> whatever it seemed to have worked and now Joyce and Woody come in and announce that they're moving in together which I don't have to say I don't quite see that with these two people but mm. that's I don't see that Woody would just shack up with somebody and Joyce doesn't seem like she, you know she doesn't give off the vibe like that's going to be her thing either but Right. We have made that decision. So Sam invites Diane to help to talk to Joyce and Woody. You know, he of course could do it. He says, but he's going to invite her in. And so Diane walks in the office and announces to Sam that she—he's about to see twenty-six units of psychology fly into action. <laughs> <laughs> so like, as all if of we
1: haven't already, right? In episodes past, right. she hasn't had the chance to exercise those units before.
0: Right. She, oh, she certainly has. But it's academic <laughs> units. I'm not sure how much real world she's had. But she mm, you know, it's true. thinks that's going to apply. And Diane says, reminds Joyce, that she came to Boston to go to college. And I kind of like the way she said college. Like, oh, uh-huh. you from here? College. And she's sort of like <laughs> pointing at her head. Uh-huh. Yep. Kind of yeah. that whole
1: professor and that mode of professor up yes. right there.
0: You've forgotten yeah. one little thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The reason why Joyce came to Boston. So Joyce says that she's decided not to go to college. College was her mom's idea. She's just fine with that. Diane is horrified at this point. <laughs> she has she, a great she's expression. lost all. Yeah, she, she's like, oh no, no, no! Yeah, she's lost all sense. Like all of the education she thought she was going to apply, all of that just mm-hmm. has gone out the window. Yeah. So now she's kneeling in front of Joyce and Woody, and she comes up with. She's just lost her mind for a moment. She's come up with this hysterical scenario, like not hysterical funny, but just like hysterical crazy that Joyce won't be able to earn a living if she doesn't go to college. And it's that's kind of interesting as a side note to me that Diane is in a job that does not require a college education. <laughs> you know? She's telling her that. So. Right. So that was ironic. <laughs> but she asks what Joyce will do and Woody leaves her with a litter of kids and she has to sell them. <laughs> She said, "Joyce will be left with nothing but worn-out hips and sagging breasts." And asks if she really wants. And Woody says, "Well, I can't speak for Joyce, but I could do without that." <laughs> Woody's yes. just kind of like—I don't mean this in a bad way—but sort of like just the dumb participant, like the side <laughs> item through all of this, you know? Right, right. Going along, oh sure, whatever, you know. So Diane convinces Joyce to try college and says that Joyce and Woody could still date. They would like to. Which they seem to think that'll be a good idea. Mm -hmm. So Diane is wiping off her knees, as Sam had done when he was kneeling earlier and and begging. Sam comes in and asks how it went. And he can tell that Diane has begged them because her nylons are baggy. So at least they're sort of aware that they've done the same thing. Right. Sam admits he also begged like a dog for a bone. So Sam and Diane sit next to each other on the sofa. And Diane is lamenting, like, how can we avoid this problem with our own children? With Emile, I presume. That's right. Yeah. And I mean. Sam suggests they never have sex again. Which, to me, I don't know. This is funny only because their relationship is predicate, predicated on sex. It's like, what else are they going to do? You know? Right. right. And then they say it's worth it. And then they wait like one second and start making out on the couch. That ends the episode. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So. I think it's interesting, too, because, I mean, you do, like we talked about earlier, you get an idea of how they would be as parents and you know she asked that question how how would we be with we would be like this with our kids you know they were all there sam's talks about how he can appeal to them and and everything appeal to common sense or whatever and diane with her whole you know psychology education background and they Mm, both resort mm -hmm. to just begging and essentially making it about them about the, right. you know, Sam's like, why are you doing this to me? You're going to upset your father, all blah, blah, blah. And Diane's just horrified because she has this idea that, you know, you're going to put yourself at risk
0: because you have you to, you go won't to college, have a college
1: correct. degree, right? right? And you'll, so it, it becomes about them, Sam and Diane, mm-hmm. as opposed to the actual, to the kids or whatever. So
0: that's a great assessment, too, of how they suppose that they would come out of things. Like Sam with common sense, which usually works for him, and Diane with like sort of the psychology and the educational bent. And they both <laughs> fall apart. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So I enjoyed that angle of it. I yeah. enjoyed how they kind of brought that to a to a head at the end there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think it's an interesting premise that the whole, like, Sam's response is a guardian figure. And I think there's a lot of, I don't know, there's character charm and it's engaging. But mm. on the downside of that, I'm not sure it develops into, like, a really robust, full, like, a unique story. You that's know. Exa- i agree exactly i think there's yeah, some right. good
1: lines or some good moments with the characters mm-hmm. um nothing bad by any stretch but no it mm-hmm. doesn't fully deliver for me
0: right that's what i would say as well yeah it's kind of like just a partial story and it, it, again like i think that the premise like it starts out and it just doesn't it doesn't do anything for me as it follows through i do think there's some sort of like almost old-fashioned humor between sam and diane I don't think it's hilarious. I think it's enjoyable for who those characters are supposed to be. And I I really like the Frasier wanting the golf club story and getting the tie. That was a lot of fun. I really think that that added a lot to it, Mm -hmm. you know, to kind of like break up the main story. And just because I think it was funny on its own and like good performances and so forth. But I don't think that an episode should get the quality of it shouldn't rest so heavily on a very minor story like that. And I think in this Mm -hmm. case, it kind of does. Like That's the part that I most enjoyed by the end of it but yeah some good lines like again like I think like I said like not bad but it just doesn't really it it sort of peters out (laughs) that's a term to use you know yeah no
1: I I agree completely it doesn't
0: sink but it just kind of like oh okay you know yeah it just kind of fizzles out and it's like okay
1: Mm -hmm. good enough and everything yeah exactly
0: anything else you can think of No, uh, it's a solid three out of five for me. Okay, yeah, me too, I would say. I said minor three. Like, I don't think it's bad, but it's not anything where it's like, oh, almost a four. It's just, yeah, pretty standard three that will do
1: it for us today you can find us on facebook norm a cheers podcast and on twitter at cheers underscore norm you can listen to or download old and new episodes at the usual places apple podcasts google podcasts overcast and spotify leave us a like and comment and join in on our community there thanks so much for listening
0: Welcome to Norm, a Cheers podcast. We are co-hosting a weekly discussion of the television show Cheers, which aired on NBC from 1982 to 1993. We are your hosts, Marlene Simi and Andy Laker. How's it going, Andy? Good evening. It's going all right. How are you? I'm doing well. We are nearing the end. We are on episode of season five, I should say, the first era of Cheers. We are on episode 23 of season five. This one is Norm's first hurrah, And it was written by Andy Cowan and David S. Williger, directed by Thomas LaFaro, and it aired on March 26, 1987. A not unheard of, but rare episode that's not directed by James Burroughs. I was just going to say, I nearly fell out of my chair just
1: then. You know, it's so (laughs) rare where you don't hear James Burroughs. You're like, what What? what happened that week? (laughs) Where was he? (laughs) Right,
0: right. It's not like they switched around. It's like something must have happened. Yeah. So, in this episode, Norm is sort of the the hero of the episode in his own way, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Norm is enthusiastic about his new job until his friends at Cheers make jokes about the presumed lowliness of his work, kind of taking jibes at him, prompting Norm to make his job sound more auspicious than it is. Diane, who stands up for Norm, pushes him to accomplish more with his life and work which Norm tries to do before fate or coincidence, whichever way you want to see it, intervenes, at which point Norm acknowledges that he is perfectly happy as an observer in life. And in addition to this, Sam and Diane discuss honeymoon plans, which results in, first of all, a debate between them about Tibet versus Disney World, and then a round-robin bar discussion on the mysteries of Disney World. In the teaser, Woody has lost a $20 bill. And Carla tells him to say goodbye to that Andy Jackson. And Woody doesn't know, or doesn't, you know, just Woody basically. <laughs> you don't know, know what what to make of it. Mm-hmm. Woody shifts his focus to the door. It's like, see you later, Andy. <laughs> somebody that's <is> walking out. <laughs> and indeed, she was talking about the bill. So Cliff comes out from the pool room, and he says he found $20 back there. Sam tells Woody, you know, that could be your $20 bill. So Cliff was like, just a minute, you know. You have to recite the serial number. So he wants Woody to recite the serial number of the lost bill, which Sam thinks is ridiculous, but Woody just fires it right off. And Sam finds that amazing. Woody says he memorizes the serial numbers on all of his currency. Sam asks him why, and Woody says, like, for just such an occasion. He says, I pray every day I don't get rich.
1: And yet he doesn't, he knows the serial number, but doesn't know who Andrew Jackson is on the on the
0: bill. Right. right. I find that funny. But also very... interesting. Very, you know,
1: I, I, I buy it. I buy it, you know.
0: Right.
1: He doesn't realize who that man on the dollar bill is, but
0: he's got the serial number down. <laughs> or he could, but he could have just been thinking of something. Like, who knows if it's absent-mindedness or just lack of knowledge, you know. True. Like, when Carlos says say goodbye to that, he might be thinking very literally that someone named Andy Jackson is leaving. Yeah. Or he might not know that Andrew Jackson is on the $20 bill. So you don't know. <laughs> but also, yep. it's like it's this idea of Woody having financial savvy i think is interesting yeah and just an extreme way of like memorizing the serial numbers on all of his currency you know he says mm-hmm. so i thought that that was a in character i think attribute for woody to have that sort of facility with money even though it's a weird thing and a woody thing yeah you know, yeah so it's a good one i liked it well enough because of mm-hmm. that i think so we start the episode diana sam Basically, like, she asks where he wants to go for the honeymoon. She wants to go to t- 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 Tibet. And then Sam makes a joke about, of course, we're going to go to Tibet. It's our honeymoon. <laughs> kind of a dumb joke. And, but he knows it. And Carla clarifies, like, no, you whammo, Tibet the country. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I like Carla stepping in there. Like, even she is just frustrated with the dumbness right. of Sam's
1: joke. Right. She's inadvertently helping Diane out in that moment. Mm-hmm. But, yeah.
0: Yes, Exactly. So Sam isn't interested in that and Diana asks, don't you want to taste the exciting and fascinating things that life has to offer? There was something about like how they would be sleeping like with the dog, like outdoors with the dogs because it's cold or, you know, just like the conditions mm-hmm. basically. But when she asks if he wants to sample all of these things of life, it's like, nope, I'd rather marry you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But again, like the contrast, like Diane wants to do these things. It seems to me, I mean, maybe she really is interested in Tibet, but she wants to do these things because they're novel. And maybe she can say that she's done these novel things. I don't know. And Sam just doesn't, doesn't appeal to him. I
1: will say she does have more than a passing interest in Buddhism, though, because a few episodes back, that was what she she went away to that little Buddhist temple. And they got rid of mm-hmm. her for that episode. So yep. uh, she does have a little bit, and you know that's that's the maybe not origin of Buddhism, but Tibet. That's the big you know sacred. It's place a, for one Buddhists, of the so.
0: big like a uh, certain wing of Buddhism, right? You know. So Tibetan Buddhism. She might have
1: some sort of passing interest in it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, I, yeah, I think she does. I just think it's very. Obvi- I mean, we I mean we know this a million times over that it's just so out of alignment with what would be interesting to Sam and that she should sort of know that by this point (laughs) you would think yeah so Norm comes in he's in a peppy mood it's interesting because Fraser came in in a peppy mood in the last episode and they all asked about it now Norm comes in a peppy mood and Fraser asks if there's a reason for this other than we live in a democracy and sushi bars appear to be on the decline (laughs) I thought that was an interesting comment I I liked that comment I have to say right right it's interesting. Very interesting. So Norm has landed a new job, and he says he was going to tell Vera first, but he's, you know, come to Cheers, as is his custom. That was interesting, though, like, that was his plan, was to tell Vera first. Like, he had every intention of telling his wife before anyone else. And then else. he passed but, the bar. But then he <laughs> happened, like, he was on his way to Cheers anyway, so right. he's going to tell them. And he talks about the, um, basically, at some point, they start razzing him about this. And he talks about the prestige of the firm. And it's one of the top CPA firms in Boston. And, and Fraser recognizes the name of it and says, oh, yes, you know, over half their exec, executives require therapy on a regular basis. <sighs> Carla and Cliff are making jokes. And the more they're joking, the more Norm kind of talks it up and the, as being prestigious. Mm-hmm. Talking about how he has a ritzy office to himself and a secretary, and expense account, and so forth. And then Diane says she can tell that this is going to be the job to fire Norm's enthusiasm. So already Diane is like mold, like, oh, good. Now Norm's going to be interested in something, Mm -hmm. which I think really works well with what develops later on. Like she's happy for him, but she's just kind of like expects more.
1: She's very much the cheerleader. Like she takes Mm -hmm. that role on herself, you know, very quickly from, from, from
0: here. So Norm is actually on his lunch break and he has to go back to work. He sort of makes him think that he's just stepped you know, that he's supposed to be at work then, but he's in fact mm-hmm. on his lunch break. And he leaves. He's not, you know, he doesn't seem extremely upset, but he's he's like, what does he say? Like, thanks for your support. Or he just, you know, makes a sarcastic comment because they've not been supportive and they've kind of made jokes about him right. the whole time. So Diane says Norm was seeking support and approval and they basically gave him jibes. And she's upset about this she tries to corral everybody to go downtown they're gonna go and see him in his office and show him their support frazier almost doesn't go but then he realizes that his next client is a compulsive cleaner and hopes that she'll tidy his office if he's late (laughs) which i like that frazier's fitting in more and more you know Mm Sam stays to care, take care of the bar and Diane is just like, well, why? She doesn't seem to understand that he has to, somebody has to stay at the bar. Oh,
1: that scene, she kind of annoyed me there. I mean, she's, she's obviously, like I said, she's the cheerleader. She's trying yeah. to rally the troops and the morale and blah, blah, blah. And, um, but yeah, like, like, oh, what do you mean you can't just leave the bar with customers in the middle of the day? What's, what's wrong with you? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, can't so you good. show up for your friend like that? It just, I was like.
0: It makes you. no sense. Yeah. Right. Right she says they have to show norm their impressive phalanx sam says norm's already seen his his at the gym <laughs> and she kind of like once she sort of gets it she kind of like points and chuckles you know she's, yeah yeah you know, trying to be a sport so diane and carla and cliff and fraser arrive at norm's building cliff's talking about something on the elevator you know so you know he's been talking the whole time that they've been on their way over there Diane says she's never seen such sumptuous surroundings. She's going on about the office. <laughs> Cliff says that you've never, you've obviously never been to the new downtown postal annex, <laughs> which I thought was another good inclusion. Like Cliff is just very genuinely wed to the postal, the postal service. Yeah, you know that really, that really, it's interesting because that really is who he is, just as much as what Norm says at the end of this episode is who he is. It's just kind of their genuine selves, like Cliff. Right. He just always is going to bring up the post office, and it's no different. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I thought it was a good inclusion. And Carla asked where Woody is. He has somehow gotten lost, which is not. You know, <laughs> Fraser has a great
1: line. Like, like you think he's lost? What does Frazier say here? She asks if you think Woody got lost, and he's like, "Oh, it's." I don't remember, but it basically implied probably, you know, like, right. why wouldn't he be lost? Course, if, yeah, I love that right. line. <laughs>
0: like, no one else finds that to be a mystery, essentially. <laughs> and then Carla gets a, she makes a comment about getting a car, carpet shock. And Diane just sanctimoniously tells Carla, if she would, Carla, if you'd walk like a lady, it wouldn't happen. <laughs> and then Carla says, if she walked like a lady, nothing would happen. <laughs> So, which I thought was a good way of not attacking Diane for being so sanctimonious. You know, mm-hmm. it's funny. Mm-hmm. So then Woody shows up. He's carrying this en- just enormous plant. Enormous plant. Yeah. Um, like, not even something that you'd put in a larger office than what we're about to see. It's no, it's, a tree. Exactly. it's exactly. a tree. Exactly. tree. Yeah. <laughs> and it's physical comedy well done because I don't think it ever becomes really the center of the scene, but it's just always going in the background. Mm-hmm. So it's funny, but it's not like you feel like you have to laugh about this plant situation the whole time, in my opinion. That's how I, if I like physical comedy, that's how I like it usually. It's like just some little amusing distraction. So I thought they did well with that. And then Diane is talking about, they're outside Norm's office, about to go in, and Diane pauses to talk about how fabulous they are for going to visit Norm, and she starts telling a story about the first day she worked at the Third Eye bookstore. (laughs) She says, I'm like, Ramu is explaining to me the difference between psychic and occult. (laughs) And Carla is shuffling, shuffling her feet on the carpet to build up charge. And then she shocks Diane, mm-hmm. which is, I think that was a fun, I don't know. I think there's a funny end to the, the carpet, you know, the, or the, walk, the joke about Carla walking like a lady. She sort of did get Diane back. Yep. And then I thought about this. I was like, I think Diane has sought interesting experiences beyond what was probably her upbringing. When she's talking about the Third Eye bookstore, she's talking about this person, Ramu, explaining to her the difference between psychic and occult. And so if you think back about like what we know about Diane, and it makes me see her, like in a, like appreciate her ever so slightly more. Because it's like, you know that she wasn't raised in an environment where that was something that she would have had contact with. Right. right. So as aggravating as I find her on some things, it's like she try is trying to see other aspects of life, I think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, mean, I don't mean to make so much about that part, but I just like that's that was one little thing that I thought about that I think does sort of fit her overall in this episode. No, it's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the way other people live. I think she's can be judgmental, but I also think that she's like tries as best she can sometimes to understand. So anyway, she opens the door to Norm's office and they all yell surprise and the door does not even open halfway. It just slams right into Norm's desk, which is mm-hmm. in the middle of this like tiny, tiny little cell. And (laughs) Norm asked if they didn't think about calling first. Carlos says they couldn't find a phone booth until now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I love this whole, the
1: visual of this whole thing, Mm -hmm. right? When, you know, they're just, they're open the door. Surprise! Just Mm -hmm. cuts it mid off. Diane's like hanging in the doorway. She's like hanging there with her head looking around. They all just kind of file in. Yeah, I just, I love that whole setup, the set with that, with that office. It's great
0: it was you're right their reactions are great too because it's kind of like they're trying to figure out like what to do cause it has to be different than what they initially thought was going to happen right
1: well and it's so small that it almost it, it feels purposefully claustrophobic a little mm-hmm. bit you know this tiny set that we're on for a, a good part of the episode
0: yeah yeah you're right and then we have woody again like trying to find a spot for the huge plant while the others are talking um, and then ends up just putting it on the desk because there's nothing else in the space and Norm admits he exaggerated the office a bit because they were razzing him. He says that many people in the firm don't share an office, or have to share an office, they don't have their own office. And then at that moment, this person called Tompkins, I think, arrives. it's his office mate. Mm-hmm. Diane announces they should leave and get let Norm get back to work. She tells Norm to keep up the spirit. There are no small offices, only small people. And then Norm's supervisor is coming. So he tells the supervisor, and they're all, I mean, like you said, just are smashed in there the supervisor that your new clients he's <laughs> basically explaining taxes to them. Norm is, like, I would say he's like, he's somewhat good at emergency improvisation. Like it doesn't really, it's not his best explanation ever, but he, he'll he come up with something.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so the supervisor tells Norm he can learn a lot from Tompkins, the office mate. And Tompkins is schmoozing the supervisor and telling him, his father, this is his father that has the season tickets right behind the dugout to see the Red Sox and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, The supervisor invites Tompkins to lunch. And then Norm, in contrast, compliments the supervisor's tie. And the guy says his wife bought it. And Norm's like, well, how is the missus? And the supervisor says they're divorcing norm says well i hope you stick it to her sir <laughs> sorry that's just so funny and
1: then he just kind of like collapses on he's his just desk like,
0: yeah gives up. but it's like norm is just so not a corporate schmoozer no it's just that effort was so pathetic about the tie <laughs> just it, but it really it does show that he's that's just not him you know right i hope you stick it to her sir <laughs> yeah. so diane comes back at this point to make sure norm is okay norm's frustrated He says he's pushing forty; and he's practically starting over again. And Diane's trying to explain that this isn't true. And somebody shows up to deliver boxes to the supply room, which is basically what Norm's office is. And Norm says he's not meant to be a success. I don't know. Like, at this point, Norm, it's like he's lamenting that he's not meant to be a success. It's not like the last conversation in the episode where he's sort of made peace with who he is, I think. So Diane... Tells him that he makes her sick. He's a quitter and really a non-starter and he sits around life all day. So this, it's interesting too, because it's kind of like, this is her speech that she gives to him and then he does respond, but it's sort of like his response to her really is that last speech in the episode. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like that, that kind of like call and response way that they've done this between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And she asked how he's going to feel when he's, what was it, like lying on his deathbed? like, no, sitting on your deathbed. <laughs> yeah, sitting. Basically thinking about how other people have done things with their lives. I got to say,
1: I mean, it was it was obviously harsh. It was yeah. being intended to be. But it was a good, I mean, she just kind of let loose. Like she just mm-hmm. snapped. And it was yeah. a good delivery of that speech, I thought.
0: I do too. And she, I mean, it's something that she must have thought the entire time, mm-hmm. you know, whether consciously or not. Yeah, she does just, like, let let loose with it. And then punctuate it like, by saying, like, he's nothing, you know. I mean, she's saying things that are just harsh because she's angry that he's not mm-hmm. doing anything with himself. But right. you're right. Like, all of these things, like, she's just observed him sitting – or like, what she thinks is just sitting around all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. But he does say, like, you have no right to say this to me, Diane. So he does stand up for himself. He's not being depressive. He's not being a pushover. He's just – he is going along with what she's saying at some point though you're right, right. Yeah. and I think it's because like she says that she says things because these things to him because she cares <laughs> well he's like you must care an awful lot about me <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yes yes yeah and this this whole while again with like sort of the background humor the delivery person is loading the boxes up onto the table this entire time that they're talking so you have this right. like, fairly serious I would say earnest conversation going on and then just like the unloading of boxes into the room in the background so i like that Mm -hmm. Uh, and diane says that she and all his other friends are tired of seeing him give up so easily and then he says something about her words "Poor just i'll take to my grave with me by the way (laughs) i'll with them i thought that was interesting like that he was that moved by what she had said whether he agrees with it or not yeah and so he says his name's always stood for patsy and he's going to start this new way of being and all of this. And the delivery person wants him. Norm to sign for the supplies. And says so he'll tell the boss. Diane is dismayed when he signs, but he signed Springsteen. The guy's just okay. like, thank you, Mr. Springsteen. Right. <laughs> so I assume he's signed it as Bruce Springsteen and nobody put together that he's not Bruce Springsteen. But
1: Right, right.
0: Who knows? And then Diane and Norm kind of exchange a look. And I, this is to me like a larger point in this episode. But at this point, it's like I really like Diane and Norm's fondness for one another. I think that's an interesting and unique friendship that I really, mm-hmm. I enjoy. Like the little moments of it that we've seen, you know, all along. And I think it comes to its kind of culmination point in this episode.
1: Oh, absolutely! And I mean, especially at the end of the season, as we as we're pretty much there, and. Um, mm. No, I I agree. I mean, I think they have kind of their own rapport and relationship, you know, Norman, you know, for instance. Mm, and, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. She's always I think she's always really liked him. Mm-hmm. But I do think she's kind of always had those feelings of you just kind of well, and when you think of it, not to get too deep into their characters, but you no, know, they're hard. really opposites in many ways, you know. Yes. She is the the go-getter meddler to the extreme and he is not he is the right. you know kind of sit on the sidelines life is what it is what happens what happens kind of thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: i couldn't help but wonder and we can come on this but i i wrote down in my notes i couldn't help but wonder if in diane's con confrontation you know with norm her her mm-hmm. speech that she just delivered to him if she, there wasn't some degree of projection there Yeah, You know, this idea Mm -hmm. of you're sitting, watching life just go by. And in a way, in some ways, maybe not at this exact moment, but that's Diane in some ways. Yeah, it is. She was an academic. She was on the path to becoming an academic. She's had numerous interests, i.e. a writer, becoming a writer. And she's working in a bar. Not that there's anything wrong with working in a bar, but it's not... Her. It's not her. Correct. Really. And, and we're yes. told that countless times throughout the series. So I don't know, I kind of pick up on that oh, yeah. degree of projection yeah. that she's kind of delivering this speech and yet, you know, well, what? maybe you're not satisfied with your lot in
0: life mm-hmm. at this point. I think one thing I wrote at the end is like it's it's such he's such a contrast to Diane who's forever striving for she knows not what like she's just like you have to go and get something and it'll be like this thing or that thing and it's Mm -hmm. fine to explore around but she like you said like she's that's not her being a waitress in this bar and that's kind of like what she's come down to, whereas Norm Mm -hmm. I think not to jump too far ahead he is genuinely content I don't think he's just complacent I think that he actually is kind of content with the way his life is going it's like life kind of comes and goes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he's there for it he sees it and that's fine (laughs) you know
1: Uh, and you have Diane who's had how many different hobbies and interests come up again that's great nothing wrong with it but she doesn't stick with anything right I mm -hmm. mean she she does the art classes she goes to take these classes it's just everything just you know one thing after the other right again nothing wrong with it but then when she kind of goes after norm like well what do you do he's like well he at least feels settled in some ways you know he is he's been married for a long time he's Mm -hmm. you know in many ways very different than her in terms of he's settled and and okay with where he is and she's always flying around from one thing to the other one hobby to the other
0: yeah no that's it's so true it's a great point and it really does i mean i think it's like the perfect Time for that aspect of her character to, to be explored. And it's kind of like, I mean, I think it's genuinely an episode about Norm, but it's also a lot about her. Like, the episode really is both of them, mm. I think. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting, too, that, you know, she talks about caring about him. I think she, I, I think that she does care about the people in the bar, but I really think that, I don't know if it's like, I wouldn't say most necessarily, but I really do think that she, in some ways, is the most interested in Norm or cares the most mm-hmm. about Norm. Right. And then maybe Woody, it's sort of like, Genuinely, but I, I, or just it's more transparent that she cares about Norm, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's like there's a poignancy in that, but I think you're right, I think she is projecting onto him a little bit of what she's doing, except that she's just sort of like forever a malcontent and jumping mm-hmm. around. Yeah, exactly. That'll be that'll be interesting as we get to the end of this episode and really like the end of the season too, but you know, try to stick to this episode, I guess, for now. <laughs> so right now we have a little break from that sam we're back in the bar and sam tells diane he didn't think it was fair for diane to make all the honey for that not to make them but like for to have to make all the honeymoon plans so he went ahead and he did it himself and he seems kind of like pleased that he has taken this part of the marriage onto himself as you mentioned she's been going through each episode there's a new thing that she wants to talk about whether it's Picking out a name for their kid or the China wear patterns or this or that. And he just went ahead and he planned the honeymoon. And she looks very distressed to hear this. I noticed. And he says, I just, you know, you just have to pack your bags and set your dial for fun. And Sam or Diane guesses that he chose Niagara Falls. And he says something about it being a tourist trap, you know, so he's <laughs> not, doesn't think he's picking a, you know, he thinks he's picking a classy place. And he picked Disney World. Diane mm-hmm. says she thought that that was the place they'd go when they had kids. And he goes and he gets the brochure, which I think is the touch that makes this work. And he's reading off that it's for children of all ages <laughs> Yes, from the brochure. Because <laughs> it almost makes it look like he's gone to get the brochure, sent away for it. And, oh, mm-hmm. this is for children of all ages and decides that's where they need to go for their honeymoon. <laughs> I think that's interesting. Now that, like in 2022, people actually do go to Disney World for their honeymoon. That's not just a funny thing <laughs> Right? So
1: There's people it was... who thoroughly enjoy It'll that. Probably funnier yeah. than, yeah.
0: And so, the, but the, when he says it's for children of all ages, Sam asks if she can say the same thing about Tibet, and she can't. She's like, "How can you compare the two? In Tibet, they might unravel the mysteries of life." And then this is where we get into this bar discussion. Just it's sort of the classic. Rail and Robin bar discussion about the mysteries they can unravel at Disney World, It's just why Donald Duck wears a top and no bottom, but Mickey wears a bottom and no top. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and Cliff times in to say that the duck's private parts are hidden by the feathers. <laughs> and then Frazier, I love that Fraser gets involved in this. he's like, while you're at it, why is it we ever, we haven't ever seen Donald fly. I mean, I've seen that damn duck do the karaoke. <laughs> 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 There's just, how serious he's <laughs> taking this that I really like. Diane's rolling her eyes and Carla carries on. It's like, if Mickey's dating Minnie, why does he have such a high voice? (laughs) And Sam is like fascinated. He's like, Are you trying to tell me? (laughs) You know, he's getting involved in that. And yes, I love how
1: it just spirals.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all going to be about that now. (laughs) And Diane's like, All right, all right, we'll go, we'll go. Which reminds me of her Thanksgiving outburst at the table when she's like, People, 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 listen to me. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's true. She just can't take it anymore. (laughs) Oh, God. I liked that. What did you think of this? Cause it's kind of, it's not necessarily part of the episode, but to me, it's one of those things that just adds the character to mm-hmm.
1: it. Well, I, like you said, it's one, it, it's, it's a conversation that kind of spirals Those mm-hmm. very random kinds of conversations that you might have at a bar. You know, it takes me back to the pilot in a way where they're debating, oh, yeah. I think it's the pilot. They're debating the sweatiest movie yes. of all time. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they, it just kind of get, goes into it all. And, and it, This is just kind of another instance of how they all get involved in that sort of stuff. So I I always love
0: those. Yeah, me too. Norm comes in. He's pleased. He tells Diane he took her advice. He came up with ideas that he thinks are going to save the company a lot of money. And he's going to pitch this report to his supervisor. He says he's nervous about putting his butt on the line. (laughs) (laughs) Carla. She kind of swoops by she's like, how do you think the line feels? That's good. Uh, and she doesn't always get Norm. It's like she, you know, re- usually reserves her zings for Cliff uh, mm-hmm. or Diane. But that's it's just too good a line to pass up. I think. Right. So, right. Yeah. So Diane suggests that Norm present his idea to the board of directors. So she's like, it's not even enough that he talked to a supervisor. Now he has to go to the top. It has to be like the best accomplishment. Of course. Yeah. Norm says he goes through this whole thing about how presenting to a room of people makes him nervous. And so Sam tells the story about his presentation in the sixth grade and how his father told him to imagine his classmates in their underwear. And it wasn't difficult because he'd gotten that far with half the girls in his class anyway. And he's talking about describing how maple syrup is made. And he noticed that this, this girl in his class, Cindy, had filled out nicely and Woody asks what happened next. So Sam's describing what happened with Cindy. And Woody wants to know what happened when they drained, after they drained the sap from the tree. <laughs> and, like That's kind of funny. But the best part, to, for me at least, was like Fraser's reactions through all of this. Like when they would cut to him for the reaction shots. I thought that was really funny. So and it, again, it's like another digression in the bar. So then Nor- Diane brings it around. She says to Norm that she's going to be at his side when he presents the proposal. And Norm says he just needs practice. So they're going to give him practice. He wants them to be hard on him. And so he starts with, good morning, gentlemen. And Cliff asks, what's so good about it? (laughs) 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 Um, And then Norm kind of gives in and asks Diane if she can show up after all. And then this next part is just kind of like a, it's sort of a standard plot contrivance. Like the office mate that stales the report and whatnot. (laughs) So that happens, just kind of moves the story along of course, he gets to the boardroom and is presenting it, and Norm runs in there, or is going to run in there, and then here's the boss calling him an idiot, basically. And it's like, but he knows his Patriots, Pastries, which had brought, of course. So... <laughs> that whole part was just, like I said, I feel like it's kind of standard. Did you have anything else about that?
1: No, you're right. I mean, it is standard. I, the, I, I, I thought it was kind of amusing, the antagonism between Diane and Th- that guy that, yeah you know just mm-hmm. they're in the office and and she's just like yeah they're just they just can't stand each other clearly yeah <laughs> i like that bit because i mean he's obviously kind of a snake no not really anything i mean kind of standard fare um i liked how they kind of turned that on his head though and he got basically got bullied out of the room right norm's kind of at it's, first it's... like chagrined but then like oh, oh you know I was hey, spared I, I yeah <laughs> I was spared yeah exactly
0: <laughs> it's interesting that Diane gets into it with the guy because Norm, when he leaves to, he like, tries another pastry. like, he says something about like, making sure the pastries are okay or something about the pastries, and it's like, you know what I'm saying, like to the office mate. So like, Norm is still being friendly to this guy. There's just nothing right. wrong,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's Diane that's almost taking the load of fighting with the. <laughs> with Tompkins instead of right, Norm, right, and Norm's right. like, I don't, you know, like why fight with him? It's like it's just like I'm just gonna give another these pastries a try. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just,
1: exactly. That, uh, and the, well, that's them, right? That's mm-hmm. him, and and then that's Diane, the bulldog, going after him.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I like this idea that Norm has been spared this fate of presenting these ideas that would have gotten him fired, basically to the board just because it, you know he said he says he what was it was he almost made the biggest mistake of his professional life because he was doing something that just wasn't him. So what he tells right. Diane when she talks about how he needs to keep pushing. But I do like the way fate sort of intervenes. I mean, obviously it was the guy's behavior, but for Norm, it's sort of his non not non action but being a, a, you know a little bit too late <laughs> sort of spared him and I right. think that fits him right. to a tee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also like, he's sitting on the couch at the beginning, and then once he talks about how he was doing something that wasn't him, he stands up, and he's enthusiastic when he's talking about how he's not a go-getter. That's the most animated we've seen him, probably. Mm-hmm. He's never been a go-getter, and once more, I don't even want to be a go-getter. She says he's very passionate about this. And he is. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, Oh, he certainly is.
0: Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, something about like, he's happy where he is, he's tired of people saying that he has to get ahead and make the goal. He's like, I don't want to make the goal. I want to be a bench warmer. <laughs> And the, the whole speech about the world needs bench warmers. Like I do think you could almost title the speech that the world needs bench warmers. And that's him. K- keeping mm-hmm. the benches warm so they're not a lot of cold benches which the world does not need. <laughs> and he's animated and I love the like the phrase mm-hmm. too, like in this great pageant of life, Norm Peterson may be a motionless lump, but he's a very damn good one. yeah there's a lot to unpack here there really is there really is and he's like being the anonymous cog he says he's an anonymous cog in the gigantic machinery of the firm but I feel like that kind of gives him a certain freedom as well Mm -hmm. like he's happy flying under the radar he doesn't have to respond in a way like the the whole part when he's this sort of ridiculous attempt that he makes to schmooze with the boss about the tie like that's very much not how Norm is and if he's an Mm -hmm. anonymous cog he doesn't have to put on that kind of pretense there's merit to that. I mean, re- in
1: reality, there's right. Oh, you know, you're yes. not climbing the ladder. You know, right. you're there is a freedom there. I mean, yeah, maybe you don't get the be- you don't get the most pay, you don't get the recognition or whatever, but you fulfill your role, you meet your role, and you're safe in many regards as long as you keep the status quo. You yeah, know, you don't have to stand out. You're not targeted unduly. You're not. Mm-hmm. There's merit there to that that whole argument, and I think he really makes a good point with that.
0: You know, I do too.
1: You know, Diane would be the one who wants all the glory and the one to stand out. And the performer, what she's made she is. She's of a herself. And, right. Yes. And he is the exact opposite of that.
0: Yeah. That's the thing, too. I think I think why like this scene to me is one of my favorite scenes in the series, because there's so many things that it ties into with Norm, both before this and after this. But to me, it's who Norm is. But it also, like you said, it's like a larger life point. If you're a cog in the machine, you're, you are sort of safe as long as you're doing the job. Mm -hmm. and then also it's like his life is elsewhere he can put that focus on for him it's being at the bar yes or you know to some degree his marriage like who knows what's (laughs) Actually, the bar here, there. yeah, here. <laughs> right. yes, exactly. Right, but, but you're right. I mean, he, he shows up, fun. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: he shows up, does the job, has the money, goes, he does what he is more passionate about, and right. that's what you do, right? I mean, mm-hmm. a job is a job at the end of the day. So you find yourself rooting for him in that moment when he's giving that speech oh, about bench great. warmer and stuff. Yeah, it is good,
0: and he's yeah. not always worried about what he's gonna be. That's just what he is, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it's perfectly punctuated when. The supervisor comes up and asks Norm about wanting... To, he's like, oh, I mean, the guy, he doesn't seem like a bad guy, the supervisor, because he's like, oh, didn't you want to say something at the meeting? So he kind of remembers that Norm wanted to say something at the meeting, and Norm just says he wanted to say that he's delighted to be part of the firm, and <laughs> supervisor, glad well, you have your board, Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. Diane, at that point, I think, gets it, at least for Norm, because she just seems to be very accepting, and she's like, smiling broadly. And then he's like, mm-hmm. I'm home. And, you know, goes back <laughs> into his little little phone booth office. Right. Yeah. I like that. I, I, I really like that ending. The, really the mm-hmm. last two minutes of this episode to me are the, sort of the the crux of it and the crux of Norm's character. And like you said, I mean, I think it's a big reflection on Diane. And I think it's a good, again, like parallel to the little speech that she gave him earlier that was more about, well, maybe not more about, like her perception of, him but based on her own to some degree her own angst i guess i I mean i think part of it's like her hopes for him and her care for him but a lot of it is about her expectations of herself yes and then this last part is just very self-accepting and which is probably good for her to see as well
1: there's so many layers Mm -hmm. for a sitcom there's so many layers to interpret and Discuss. It's great. I know.
0: I love that, and I like it. But it's not heavy-handed. Like, even his speech at the end is not mm-hmm. heavy-handed. It's very philosophical, no. but it's not something where you feel like weighed down and ponderous by it.
1: Right. Right. Exactly.
0: So one other thing I thought about was it's a good, not even a callback. I think it's sort of again like fuller than that. But the conversation that Norman and Diane have discussing pursuing a dream in dance 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 the one when she wants to be like she's going to go back and be a dancer like of all we talked right. about how that was just this far flung for her obviously probably like one of her interests it was least likely to come to fruition Crap. um yeah. and he was talking about how dreams give you heartache and he doesn't have dreams but he doesn't seem depressed about it and she's like oh norman <laughs> you know how terrible it <laughs> right. is and all this but i do think that you sort of really see the value in his perspective in that in here and it ties nicely into that Mm-hmm. I also thought, it, I think it's interesting that Diane was the one that stood up for him at the beginning, against the jokes and the jibes of the other people. And then she ends up intimating that his job, as it is, isn't enough. Mm-hmm. That was I thought that that was a, like a well done part of the episode. Yeah, I mean, I, kind of like, a, you know, being redundant, but the idea that Norm is this competent and sort of in some ways gifted person in terms of his insight about people, but he doesn't really want to be more than he is. And he's just mm-hmm. happy. And has insight into who he is and so forth. It, it, I think that's a perspective that you don't see that much. It's true. En- you enthusiastic don't get, about, <laughs> about. Yeah, it no,
1: I get that. You, you're right. I think I don't. I, I don't think you hear that a lot, especially nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I think I think it's a great episode. I really do. Um, it's fun and it's got some sight gags and good lines from some of the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyable.
0: Yeah, right. What was your star rating? I'm still having trouble with it. I'm like sitting here changing it as we're talking. I know, right? Because I think there are aspects of it in the plotting and the storytelling that aren't necessarily perfect. It doesn't have that whole bar, like the full enthusiasm of the entire bar and everything's firing on all cylinders of a five or even maybe of like a high four. So Mm -hmm. I'm still kind of toying with it because I think some of it is, again, like just so insightful and fantastic from a character's perspective, character perspective. And then, yeah, the visual, the sight gags, the plant, and the things going on in the background. I think the Disney discussion is really fun in the bar. I don't think there's a problem with that being sort of separated from the part that goes on at Norm's office. But to me, it's the best episodes don't really have that divorce between the two. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think Um, so. Yeah. I don't know. I struggle because in some ways I would say the episode is a three, but the characters are at least a four or five. But I really do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's so good. Some of the things with Norm and Diane, I lean toward a four because of that. Yeah. But this is yeah. probably one of the ones that I'm really the most on the fence about. Mm-hmm. So what did you what do you think?
1: No, I well, I agree with you. And I and I, I do think it's a good episode. It's, it's a it's a it's a good episode. Um, I think the characters are great. Overall, for me, I give it a high three. It's okay. a but it's a three. It's a it's a steady three. It's just one of those where I don't know. Again, <laughs> great great dialogue, good character moments, but for some reason, it's not one that I would come back to again and again. I don't think. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. I can't really yeah. justify it beyond that. It's a good a very a good three, which means good. I mean. To me, three stars is a good episode. It's just a solid, <laughs> yeah. good episode, you know.
0: Yeah, but like whereas we both gave a three to the last episode, Godfather, Godfather Part Three. To me, this is in some ways it's categorically different. Like I think it's much better, but I'm still not sure. I feel like three is a broad category. You know, it is broad range. Yeah, which seem we seems weird. Seems like I oh, know. It seems like they, they each <laughs> one should be. One, two, three, four, five. They all should have like the same weight to them, but it just seems like there's so much range in a three. Right. That that's why I'm on the cusp of giving this a four, but I wouldn't put it in the four like some of the other ones in terms of like, just the fullness of the episode, but not being perfect. Yeah. I think, I, I, think it's sort of,
1: I think it should always just come down to your personal, you know, do you, yeah, do, there's a, how you really enjoy it, you know, and you can right. enjoy an episode a whole lot and, and it not be, it still be flawed, you know, for whatever oh, sure. reason.
0: I don't think there's anything wrong with this one. I just think again, like the storytelling part of it. The other characters are funny again, like with the Disney thing, and then Fraser just this season in particular, mm-hmm. he just adds so much richness and humor and reaction right. and so forth, and just elevates everything that he's in. I think funny moments like that, but that's just like, that to me is kind of the, the story is not the main thing. It's the characters. And I think had it mm-hmm. all been. I don't even know if it's a better story because I think it's fine that it's a simple story because that also suits Norm. But it's, yeah, it's just the story is not as good as the what they make of it with Diane and Norm. That scene at the end, that little two-minute bit at the end will, I think, come back when we talk about favorite or best scenes from mm-hmm. character mm-hmm. moments
1: that will do it for us today you can find us on facebook norm a cheers podcast and on twitter at cheers underscore norm you can listen to or download old and new episodes at the usual places apple podcasts google podcasts overcast and spotify leave us a like and comment and join in on our community there thanks so much for listening